Okay. Welcome to episode six of Theologize. Um, sort of been a while, I know. Uh, I had been planning on podcasting every Tuesday and potentially even twice a week, but then November came about and the holidays hit and sort of um, got carried away with family events and we traveled to Leavenworth for a little, which for the for the Christmas break, which if you earned Hallmark or Christmas, Christmas lights and festivals and all of that, um, Leavenworth is the place to go. Uh, we got a cabin up there. Highly recommend it. If you guys um, have any questions about that, I'd be happy to answer them. However, you can contact me. But yeah, and then we went to Florida, had some fun in Florida, got to go to some restaurants, which was pretty cool. Um, eat with some, you know, eat some food with uh, my family in a real place. So that was exciting. Um, and just kind of get to experience the beach and the sun. And, you know, you can't really complain about those things. Um, so we are bringing it back. I do apologize uh, for anyone that has been excited. Um, and we're doing something new today. We're actually doing a video recording of the podcast. I realize that I haven't looked at the camera one time and probably won't be looking at the camera very much uh, because I'll be talking to our guest today, which I am going to announce right now. So our guest is a singer, a songwriter, uh, has led worship um, in various different places, has been a YWAMer, uh, has gone on missions where I believe he led worship in the mission field. So uh, that's exciting because that is what we are going to be talking about today, worship overall. Um, so we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Sasha, would you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you hail from, um, exactly what you do. Yeah, totally. So uh, you pretty much said most of it, uh, singer, songwriter. Um, I, for those of you who don't know, am David's younger brother. There's two of us. I did forget to mention that. There's two of us in the family, so I am the younger sibling, um, singer-songwriter, led worship for several years at our local church. I've been part of different organizations, YWAMR. Um, yeah, kind of been around different circles and missions, fields, and it's all been really great. Nice. So, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about worship today, and that's why I thought it was fitting to have you on because that's kind of your passion. Mm -hmm. um, you have an EP out? I do. Two EPs? Correct. I have one EP out, one single, working on a new EP, which I am hoping to put out before summer 2021. So. And where can people go and listen to those? Uh, anywhere. You have streaming, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, uh, Deezer, wherever wherever you get your music from. Nice. So if you guys are interested in checking them out, um, go ahead and check out those different places. Uh in the YouTube video, which this is going to go on, we can put the link in our bio. Uh, I just closed my rings. Not doing anything. Can you believe that? I guess podcasting is a lot harder than you would think it is. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, we'll put the links in the bio for the YouTube video. Um, Instagram and Snapchat and all those places. We'll just have the links for the podcast audio itself. Um, we're going to be talking about worship today. So I think... Before we do that, I wanted to do something a little bit different and break the podcast up into segments. Um, and the first segment that I kind of sort of thought about and I think would be relevant for a lot of people who listen to the podcast um, is taking real life circumstances, things that maybe happen in the news, the media, in our country, nationwide, or throughout the world, 
and applying scripture to it and seeing how Christ would look at that and how we as believers ought to look at that situation. And so the one I want to bring up, although everyone's probably already talked about this and, you know, we're probably a little bit late on it overall, is uh, the D.C. riots and the storming of the Capitol building. And first off, I'd like to hear your thoughts and then we're going to kind of open it up and unpack it a little bit. Um, it doesn't really relate to worship, but I think it'll be important for people that maybe aren't just listening to this podcast, particularly for worship, but want to see how the Bible applies to situations like that. Like, where is God in the picture? So what are your thoughts on it? I mean, it's pretty crazy. It's, you know, I woke up the next day thinking that we're on the brink of some huge, you know, everyone's thinking it almost like civil war type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it is almost unfathomable that what we're seeing in our country today is actually happening. It almost seems like something you'd see in a film or you'd read about in a book. Um, you know, the fact that it's happening is is unbelievable. My thoughts on that are kind of a twofold thing. For me, I've really tried to stay out of the news and out of watching, you know, current events because it wasn't really edifying me in any way it was actually doing the opposite just filling me with anxiety and you know depression and just thoughts that I should not be having as a believer um on the other side you know I did want to be um relevant and you know understand what what's happening in our world today I want to know I want to be in the know but also not let that affect me um so yeah it's been it's been a lot yeah you know I think a lot of people are feeling that way. And when you were talking about, you know, you want to stay away from media and the news um, overall because in social media, for that matter, because you want to avoid this anxiety and fear. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people feel that way. And the media does a really good job of making people scared. Like that's their agenda. It's you never watch the news and you're like, oh, you know, this is going to fill me with a lot of hope and, and joy. And this is going to fill me with a lot of happy thoughts. Uh, it's generally, you know, Florida man stabs seven people and fights a gator or whatever. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's not positive things that we want to hear. Um, but on the other hand is, as believers, we actually have this ability to take what we hear and to kind of capture that in our mind and bring it to the will of Christ and submit it, right? Like, that mm -hmm. should be our ultimate thing. Now, it's a lot easier said than done, but that is... The ultimate goal yes that that is the ultimate goal at least you know it should be for us as christians and as believers we should constantly have this hope and have something to look forward to you know one thing that i really feel the lord has been telling me the past few days is just the word hope in general trying to understand what that means uh, where it's found in scripture what the lord has to say about it and also living from a place of hope, I think, you know, in this world that we live in today, we're just seeing a lot of things that are filling us with the opposite of hope. And life is too short for that. We're not called to live in fear or anxiety, but we're called to live, you know, peacefully in hope and love. And um, I think the enemy is really trying right now to get people off of their grid he's trying to trip them up so to speak in their christian walks and it's it's i hate to say that he's doing a good job because i don't want to give the enemy any credit but it almost seems like 
with everything happening, it's so easy to trip up somewhere. Yeah, I think that's true. So on the one hand, you have people afraid. And then on the other hand, you have people angry. People Mm -hmm. that either are like, we need to teach these people a lesson or people that are on the other spectrum, uh, which are like, this nation has been under so much that this is what it deserves at this point. You know, it could go both ways. And I don't sit... Um, this isn't a political podcast, but what I want to do is look at it through the eyes of scripture, anger, you know, frustration. One thing that Jesus never did or came to do was to free the Jewish people from a government oppression. That that's something Mm. crazy to think about because a lot of times we're like, where is God in this oppression? Where is God in this? And if we look at Israel as a nation, as a whole, we see that they were in exile in Babylon for 70 years. The Jewish people were under the oppression of the Romans and they were waiting for someone like Jesus, who they thought was going to be this Messiah warrior King to come and free them. And, you know, for them to have that same thing, we're going to overrun the Capitol building and kick out the Roman empire. But Jesus never came to do that. He came in to free us from an oppression that is a lot worse than a government oppression of any sort is a lot worse than a physical affliction of any sort. He came to free us from sin. And if you think about it in that grand scheme of things, it kind of puts this whole thing going on in the U S right now. And in a lot different of a perspective, it, it, it makes it so small in the eyes of what Christ really came to do. And I think if you have anger, if you have fear, if you have frustration, whatever side you're on, I mean, we don't contone violence or rioting or any of that. Um, we condone what Christ did, the example he gave for us to follow after. And that is God has established everything. (laughs) It's crazy to say, but every authority on earth has been established by God. That's a scriptural concept. And so he has everything in his will and in his hands. And so we don't try to take things in our own hands. And if this frustrates you somewhere, someone, then all I'm doing is pointing out what who Jesus was, what scripture taught, and what we are to be as his followers. Makers of disciples, not taking vengeance into our own hands. The Bible literally says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So I don't want to keep going on that too long. I hope that was in a little bit of an encouragement for someone um, with current affairs. Fear, anxiety, anger, those things are there, but those things should be controlled by according to the word of God, what he says about those things and how we ought to live and actually go and respond to those things. So now on to the main topic, the thing that we are going to theologize about today, and that is worship. Yes. And why I wanted to talk about worship is it has been interpreted by a lot of people in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been something that people have grown up with differently. So they think that the way they grew up is the way that they ought to worship, and that's the only what thing that defines worship. Uh, for some people, it's you know singing. For other people, they say that dancing is bad, but others are like dancing is the way I worship. Sports are the way I wor-. you know. It's all over the board, and let's get to what the Bible really talks about worship. So before we do that, I, I just want to ask, what you know, your talent is singing, so. It's funny because a lot of people are like, if you're not singing in the church, 
and if you're not singing Christian Christian songs, quote mm-hmm. unquote, yep. then you're not really worshiping. And I just want to hear your thoughts on that because you've probably been yeah. hit by that a lot in life. <laughs> that has been probably my number one struggle as a Christian growing up who is also musical because there seems to be this, you know, consensus that growing up in the church, if you're musical, you have to be on the worship team and you have to only do Christian music. We were talking about how you in the church, um, a lot of people thought that it was maybe controversial to sing songs outside of the church that maybe don't have anything to do about the church or God, mm-hmm. correct? Correct, yeah. Uh, so kind of with that, it was it was this constant battle for me growing up as a young Christian kid where I loved, like, was, like I said, I loved the arts, film, music, storytelling. I also loved God. I loved the church. I loved to worship. And, you know, from people in the church, there was this this idea that you had to do things one way because you're a Christian. You had to do things, you know, serving God, only singing Christian songs or only doing Christian things, only watching Christian movies. I don't know, for example. It was under this umbrella of Christianity that I felt there had to be more. Like if I'm called as a Christian to, you know, preach the good news or to deliver a message, I don't necessarily think that staying within the church walls is where I need to remain. I think the church is an equipping center, but I don't think it's where you need to live your whole life and never leave. I think God calls us to go, you know, make fishers of men to go out in the world and do what we're called to do. And we can't do that by staying within the walls of the church our whole life. Yeah, that's true. In fact, um, this article says here that, you know, the only proper object of worship is God, who created and redeemed humanity. Um, and basically, how we do that is through full surrender of ourselves in whatever we do. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it, the church allows you to kind of like stay high level in worship because it provides a place of, you know, a, 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 it's a sanctif- it's a it's a sanctity there at that church. It's like yeah. a a place where people can go and express themselves freely. But that, like you were saying, that's not where we were called to only worship and expose the fullness of our hearts and hide it everywhere else in our life. For example, in sports or even in podcasting or in your work or your school life or um, whatever you do, acting or singing, um, recording. It's It's supposed to be all or nothing for God in those moments. Um, and the life inside of the church, a lot of times for believers, looks a lot different than the life outside of the church in worship. Yes. Um, but basically what worship is, is a full acknowledgement of who God is, an adoration for who he is. And that drives you to a place of full surrender, full surrender, mm-hmm. not just, you know, Jesus, not just stuff like that, not just getting on your knees and praying, not just reading your Bible, but full surrender. I lo- like I love playing beach volleyball and basketball. And that takes my full surrender in that knowing that God has given me an ability. You know, I, I turned 30 recently and have been getting injured a lot. And realizing that my ability is given by God, He it's in his will. And so I will in adoration, praise him through my game. Mm-hmm. being thankful like right. god you gave me this it's all for you i surrender it i surrender to my ability my body is not even my own i have no control of when i get hurt i have no control 
of what happens to me if I breathe the next day, wake up the next morning. Like I have to surrender and worship in everything I do. Mm -hmm. Even singing what some people think is a secular song. You know? Um, So I just... I just think that it's so important for people to realize this concept because if you don't, life becomes, I feel like you just get stuck. Life becomes boring and you actually end up getting to this place where you become two different people instead of allowing, you know, the fullness of what happens in church and worship there extend into the full, into your life fully. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to talk about what people have said to you as a driving source of fear like mm. the fear of man yeah um that felt like it restricted your worship when it came to things like recording even in this own room man that there's a lot to unpack there because i've just battled with so many voices that came from well-meaning people in my life but maybe they just came across the wrong way um one of the biggest things for me was this notion that I should do something. For example, there was someone in my life who, when I started to sing and started to, you know, record, they were saying, you should want to record Christian music, or you should be singing for God, or you should be using your voice for the Lord, you know, things that I thought I was already doing, you know, the fact in my mind, the fact that I was doing it, period, was me doing it for the Lord, just because it wasn't, you know, quote unquote, a Christian song didn't mean that I wasn't doing it unto the glory of God. And I think in the church, there's this really misconstrued idea that if it's not a Christian thing, then what is it unto? Like you're just essentially wasting your time. That was one of the biggest battles I had to face growing up was this constant like divide between the church and my art, like artistry. Yeah, you know, I always had this joke where um, I was, people are like, that's not a Christian song. And I always say, well, I, I wasn't aware that this song had accepted Christ into its life. <laughs> and I know that's it's a, a joke, one. but it, it is true. Like we attribute um, so many things to one way because of how we feel about it or the words that it says. And while that's good, you know, while there are songs that the lyrics are fully praising and adoring God, it the biggest thing that I wanted to get to today is it all depends on the heart attitude. Um, and, and that's what Jesus came to shake up in the New Testament. Because in the Old Testament, worship had been in a place. Yes. Uh, well, before the synagogue, it was more free, but there was still like a tabernacle had to be made and a sacrifice had to be brought. Or not a tabernacle, altar, sorry. And a sacrifice had to be brought. And some, you know, physical things needed to be done in a certain way. Otherwise, it was not really an act of worship and wasn't accepted by God. Right. Um, And I think what God was trying to teach humans in Israel, and then with the tabernacle, you know, it had to be in a place. There were a lot of laws. It had to be done a certain way. And what God was trying to teach humans is over all of this time that it wasn't a thing that you do. It could be because that became extremely ritualistic with the Jewish people and, you know, that brought legalism into the church. It wasn't what you did. It wasn't what you said. It wasn't where you were. It was the heart attitude. And that's a generic statement, but it was Mm -hmm. the heart attitude, meaning that place of being fully surrendered to God, that God was really looking for. 
And that's why Jesus, when the Samaritan woman said, you know, your people worship here, we worship here. Jesus is like, it's not about that. It's about being in full worship in spirit and in truth. Right. Like this was the shakeup. Yep. So what does that mean? It, it's in spirit. Like it's not a physical place. It's not a physical thing. It's in our spirit. And it's in truth. Meaning it's not partial. It's not just we sing the song because it brings some extra emotion out of us or it's one that we grew up singing or mm -hmm. it's, you know, it, the way that he plays that chord is so beautiful to me, but it's in the full truth of my heart. That means it doesn't matter what song is playing, I can worship God. It doesn't matter what activity I'm doing, I can worship God. It doesn't matter where I am, I can worship God. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm still learning and still struggling with. And I'd like to get your thoughts and where you're at with that. And if you have any encouragement for people, you know, that you've come, come across or encouragement from people that you've come across or, or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the big things that's important for people to remember is that worship is a lifestyle. Worship is lifestyle. It's not music. It's not what you do. It's not necessarily even your purpose it's just how you praise or glorify god and that could be through something as simple as doing the dishes or you know being obedient to those in authority over you um, whether that's your parents or your boss you know just doing good work i feel like if you do good work and do it well that glorifies god yeah i want to I, I found something today um, in my devotional that I was reading that I think would be beneficial if I can pull it up. Let's see here. If not, then we'll just keep going. But, uh, oh, is that it? Yes, I did find it. Okay, let's see what it says here. So, Paul says, special points. What's that? What is true worship? Paul believed it was a total self-surrender to God. Worship is better translate is a better translation than service, which what Paul was saying. Spiritual is not a good translation of the Greek behind reasonable. So God is looking for reasonable worshipers. The word was meant to describe the worshiper as a rational being. It's, it's an awareness that we have of who we are, who our creator is. And out of that, we have adoration and praise and thanksgiving and, and all of the rest of that, you know, allowing ourselves to understand that he's in control. Even when we think about something like the DC riots, then we ask, so what is relation, the relation of church services to worship? Because that's where we think it's confined to. Mm -hmm. um, if, if worship is giving one's whole life, going to church is certainly not all there is to it, which we talked about. We might think of the essence of worship as total self-dedication. The expression of worship consists of the things we do to show our dedication. The things that we do to show our dedication. Mm -hmm the way that we do the things that we love to show our dedication, singing, dancing, jujitsu. I got into jujitsu recently. I'm not very good at it. I get submitted all the time, but you know, even in that I can worship God for giving me an ability to armbar someone or what have you. The sustenance of worship is what is required to maintain a high level of dedication. And so this is what I sort of touched on. Going to church gives opportunity to express our dedication and should help to sustain it at a high level. But there's more than that. To take 
The high level of sustenance and worship from the church to outside in the world is extremely, extremely important. And all of life must be worship if any of it is to be all of life. And I love that. If any of if life is to be worship, all of life has to be worship. So, you know, I, uh, I think that even with what you have in a talent such as singing, you can take a what people would call a secular song and take that into a place where you can hit a demographic of people that might never listen to a worship song and allow your song to be a gospel message for Jesus Christ. Yep. What do you think about that? I think that's exactly hitting the nail on the head. You know, as I said earlier, worship is a lifestyle. It's how you live your life. It's not necessarily, you know, you, you preach through your actions, you know, if you're good at what you do and people are going to notice. And I think, Everyone in this world has gifts and talents that they possess, and those are meant to be reached and used in different corners of the globe, whether that's through, you know, in my case, it's music. In someone else's case, it might be Taekwondo or cooking or baking. Like, if you're passionate about something, be passionate about that. Use that for the glory of God. Be really good at what you do. I mean, God's definitely going to use those gifts to... Yes, further his kingdom, but I think also speak to you as you, you know, fulfill his will for your life. Yeah, I heard a story once, which, um, you know, it could be true, it could not be true, but I think it embodies this thought really well, uh, even if it isn't true. But it was a guy, he was a simple dishwasher, that's all he did, but he loved Jesus and, you know, worship, worshiping him and um, just being in a relationship with him. And so, he was a dishwasher and all he did was wash dishes with a full attitude of like, you know, this isn't for me as yeah, I work for a restaurant and technically it's for the owners and the people, but ultimately this is for God. Like he gave me an ability to wash a dish. So I'm going to do it to, to the best of my ability. And then through that, somehow people took notice in his fervence, fervorance. I don't know if that's the right word. People took notice in his, you know, the tenacity that he had in washing that dish for God that they started to question why he just did simple dishwashing so hard. And he was able to share the gospel and spread that like a wildfire in, in just simple dishwashing. And so, I mean, it applies to anything. If you don't like your job, uh, take it as an opportunity to be like, yeah, I don't really like this job. It doesn't make me the happiest and most excited, but God gave me this job for the time being, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And that's even an act of worship. So, you know, worship is, to summarize what we kind of talked about, doesn't matter where you are, what you do, who you're with, it's an act of full surrender in response to being just wowed by God in his magnificence. And so we adore that. And worship goes farther than just, you know, hallelujah, praise and thanksgiving. There could be lamenting and like loss of a loved one that that is still worship because we acknowledge that God gives and takes away like Job. He was found righteous because he worshipped in his loss. Um, even Paul, you know, in prison, all these guys, that's considered worship. You know, offering things that we give, uh, you know, giving our finances to ministries, that's considered worship. All of these mm -hmm. things are considered worship. And so it's yeah. not just singing those songs. Like, that's not what you have to do. In fact, some people might not like those songs or thing at all, and that's okay. God has called you to worship him differently and respond to him differently. Like, that's just who you are created to be. Mm -hmm. 
not everyone has to like Hillsong and not everyone has to like hymns and not everyone has to like R&B or dancing. You know, everyone is created differently by God only in a way that God will be using. So the way that they're created by God, I got a little tongue twisted there, but the way that they're created by God was a specific design to respond to him in relationship and worship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's about all we have time for today when it comes to talking about worship, comes to talking about the current circumstances. Um, thank you, Sasha, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, keep up your your awesome recording and the songs and releasing them. I know that you're getting better and better and it's going to go places. Yeah, so you guys you. check them out. I'll put the link on the YouTube channel. Uh, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty midway through the podcast. So um, there might be a little split, but don't worry. We're just learning all this stuff. So yep. thank you guys for listening to episode six of Theologize. We will catch you guys next week. In fact, maybe even this week as I try to jump into bi-weekly content uh, for episode seven of Theologize. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you.